All right, friends. I've got good news for you, and I've got bad news for you. The the bad news is that our friends over at StravaCraft Coffee haven't been feeling the DNVR love as much lately. The good news is they've upped their offer to hopefully get it back. So now when you hit up our friends at StravaCraft Coffee, you can use the code DNVR25 to save 25% on your first purchase at StravaCraft Coffee. Not only do we love what Strava tastes like, and we pretty much run off a copy of DNVR, but it's also CBD-infused and helps with so many different ailments. It's different for everyone, but if you check out their reviews, you'll be blown away with people's stories about how Strava has helped them. They'll also deliver it straight to your door with that code DNVR25. So hit up our friends at StravaCraft Coffee and use that code DNVR25. Number one for the one and only DNVR. And we are presented by MSU Denver Online. Check them out, msudenver.edu slash online to see all they have to offer. We're talking 750 total classes, 45 plus uh, hybrid programs that you can get into. uh, And you can further your education while keeping a job because MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. So make sure you check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, Ryan, what's up? Little throwback RK and Zach today. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. I, I don't know why, but when I look back on just the straight up RK and Zach era, there's like two places I go to. There's training camp pods when we were, you know, stuffed into our, our little tent there trying to figure out uh, how to drown out, like, Vic Lombardi and Mark Mosier sitting next to us. And and then there's, like, these pre-draft pods when we're, you know, just trying to figure out just what the hell the Broncos are going to do. <laughs> yes, and, man, we're right back there. Just a, a fitting throwback, man. When I think of of RK and Zach pods. I think of having a great time, but we're stuffed in a broom closet in the middle of Dove Valley headquarters. <laughs> uh, those are some good ones too. Not, not the worst acoustics in there to be fair. No, um, no, seriously. Or you could also of course go to like 2 AM in the Broncos press box with a mouse <laughs> trap at our feet. <laughs> and uh, we're eating mice as well. Oh God. Um, <laughs> okay. So one thing that, often happens this time of year is we as media and you know podcasters and content creators fall in love with the most exciting outcome right um we start talking about quarterbacks a lot because it is in it's not debatable the most exciting thing that the broncos can do in the draft is trade up and draft a quarterback like the it's not it's not even close so it's really easy for us to get into a groove of talking about it because it, it excites us. It excites everyone else. It's, it's fun to talk about. 
Um, the truth is, there is still a very decent chance that the Broncos don't draft a quarterback. And so what I wanted to discuss with you today is a few things. What does it look like if the Broncos don't draft a quarterback? In my opinion, it's probably a trade back. So who are they looking at in that scenario? And then how does this fan base, I don't know if the word is recover, because that seems harsh, but I think there does need to be a little bit of recovery, not only from the letdown of not having one of these five quarterbacks that everyone's drooling all over, but also how to drooling all over. Yeah, exactly. How do <laughs> how uh, does Drew Locke and the fan base kind of repair their relationship? So let's start at least with what does it look like for the Broncos to not draft a quarterback? What scenario plays out where you don't think um, the Broncos end up with any of these guys? Well, I think it's very possible that that could happen. And that's, you know, if Atlanta goes with Trey Lance and then another team jumps for Justin Fields, then there you go. Or even even potentially more likely and over a DraftKings Sportsbook, now Justin Fields is the favorite to go number three overall. So boom, there you go. Justin Fields, number three, Trey Lance, number four. And then the Broncos, Ryan, as much as I want Mac, the Broncos have shown zero interest in Mac Jones. That's not going to be the pick. So then there you go. Then the Broncos have to adjust quickly. Uh, or if someone jumps them, you know, at eight or seven to get Justin Fields, which would be a huge mistake for the Broncos to not make that move instead. But if that happens and the Broncos aren't going quarterback, and in fact, then I think they're trading back because I think the value at nine just isn't going to be there with the player. Uh, so I think the best case scenario after that would be trading back on honestly. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. <clears throat> and I think that there's some really good players that if the Broncos trade back um, can, you know, they, the Broncos can snag a player. What I don't want to see is them snagging a guy at nine that they could have got at 16 if they traded back, you know, and, and I think that George Payton, the guy who loves to stack draft capital is very aware of that, right? Um, when they get to nine, especially if you're going to draft defense, like we talked about this in our little uh, YouTube preview series that we're working on, and so you can check that out uh, on this very YouTube channel. Hopefully you're watching on YouTube. If you're not, switch over to YouTube. It's a much better product. Um, but we talked about this. Like The Broncos could have the best defensive player on the board at number nine. I think it's almost a likelihood that the best defensive player on the board will be there at number nine. The weird part is there's no answer to the question, which is who is the best player, uh, the best defensive player on the board? So if you're going defense, I think you try to trade back from nine and take your option of Micah Parsons, JOK, Patrick Sertan, Caleb Farley, JC uh, Horn. Yeah. Like there's five guys there that I just named that you should like, could like. That you're saying, okay, well, one of these guys is going to be there pretty much no matter where we trade back to. So it's a weird scenario. Um, I think it's possible. I want to look here, though, because you said um, you said uh, that, oh, gosh, that the um, Justin Fields is the favorite to go to San Francisco. This has been changing 
Like it literally changed. Ryan, I checked this 20 minutes ago. I mean, like five minutes before we started this podcast and the Nagelator correcting me saying that Mac Jones is favored now minus 125 fields plus 125. So you're absolutely right, Ryan, that this is changing like crazy. And really quick, got to give a huge shout out to Blake Edwards coming in with a super chat. He says best Broncos hey. podcast around y'all are awesome. Well, Blake, you are awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. We, we love a good super chat and, you know, we always have um, our questions answered on the podcast side of things. But if you ever want to get a question um, pushed right to the top here on the YouTube side of things, you can always send us a super chat. Uh, where were Ryan, you going? Really now? quick, really quick. What's what's crazy about this is you talk about these defensive players, and I think if the Broncos trade back, that's the best way to go. And what's crazy is the Broncos could get the best defensive player on the board and draft the first defensive player, depending on how this draft falls. And I still don't really love that at nine, which is crazy. I mean, if you were to tell me any year at nine, you're going to get the best offensive or defensive player, you'd think we'd be drooling over that and saying, holy cow, this is incredible. Put the best defensive player with Vic Fangio. But it really feels like, you know, the 10, maybe like the six best defensive players are kind of all clumped together. And so if you can get one of those at nine, you can get one of those at 18, 15, 20 if you trade back. And the value there is just so much better because to me, I feel like they're all about equal. You know, I don't think there's a big difference between Patrick Sertan and J.C. Horn and Caleb Farley, Caleb Farley being healthy, of course. Uh, I, I don't think there's a huge, I don't think Micah Parsons in this Broncos defense is that much uh, of, you know, a top five pick where he changes your board. So I think what's crazy to say is the Broncos, the best pick for them if they stay at nine and it's not a quarterback, maybe offensive tackle, maybe Rashawn Slater, which is just crazy to say that potentially the 10th offensive player picked at a tackle position where you have Juwan James, uh, that that's a better pick than the best defensive player. I mean, it's true. Like It's very, it's very true. Uh, it's very possible. I love looking at these DraftKings specials here on the draft, not just because I'm a I'm a DraftKings stan, um, but because it's so fascinating to me. The favorite to be selected with the Broncos' first draft pick, regardless of where it happens, is Trey Lance at plus mm-hmm. 200. He's a heavy favorite because the closest behind him is Micah Parsons at plus 400, and then right behind him, Mac Jones at plus 600. Uh, and then it goes on down Rashawn Slater, Patrick Sertan, Justin Fields, Penny Sewell. But, I mean, what buzz is, is are they going off of there with the Broncos as the favorites to draft Trey Lance? I feel like all of the Trey Lance buzz, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Zach, has been external. Like, that's coming from just mock draft guys. Yeah, and the, the other part of it is that the Broncos are doing just as much homework publicly on Trey Lance as they are Justin Fields, and that's why we haven't seen much buzz around Mac Jones to the Broncos because there's been no public uh, homework done on him. But, but but you're right. In terms of coming from the building, Ryan, everything I've heard and reported has been about Justin Fields. It has not been about Trey Lance. So then you like the the value of uh, Justin Fields at plus 800, especially if the 49ers are going to go uh, are going to go Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you have to love it. And that's I think the biggest key right here, Ryan, is Justin Fields. It seems like he may be the one to fall if 
he falls past three. So you have to take that gamble there, thinking that that uh, when that move was initially made, what did we hear when the 49ers jumped up? All we heard was Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. It didn't make sense to us, but that's what we heard. And Ryan, going off what, what you've tried to take the mentality over the past couple of years is trust the first thing that you feel or that you hear. So if you trust that, that Mac Jones is going to the 49ers, then I do think that there's a good chance that Justin Fields falls. And a key, another key piece is that fourth overall pick. Justin Fields doesn't make that much sense in Atlanta. Trey Lance does. So if, if both of those guys are on the board for Atlanta and they do go quarterback, it's going to be Trey Lance, not just because he makes sense, but we, we've also heard Terry Fontenot, their GM, be in love with Trey Lance. So there's a lot coming there. Once you get to five, six, seven, and eight, Ryan, a team would have to trade up in order for for um, uh, Ju- Justin Fields to be taken off the board there, unless Detroit gets crazy or something. Yeah, it's true. Um, what does your gut tell you on what the Broncos are going to do? Because you you know you talk about trusting your gut. I'll be honest, my gut says the Broncos don't draft a quarterback. My gut says they want to. But and if one falls to seven, they make it happen. Whether it's a trade to seven or eight, or they 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 stay at nine, I just don't think that that George Payton in his very first draft, four months on the job, is going to is be, going to be willing to trade so much to move up to four or five. As much as I would do that, and then I think that that so they roll the dice there, and if a quarterback doesn't fall to them, then it's a trade back. So I'm gonna say, Ryan, I'll give you. I'll give you percentages because it's a quarterback-driven league, right? Are we really going to see quarterbacks fall, especially ones with so much hype? Probably not. So I'll say it's a 35% chance that they get one, even though they really want one. Man, if you really want one, go get one. Don't be so afraid. You can't be scared. Um, I have to say I'm lower than that. I I think it's like a... 20% 20% chance. I, I just don't know. I'm just going really off gut. I don't have any information there. Yeah. It's actually been pretty quiet, I think, coming out of Broncos headquarters about their feelings on the quarterback position. Um, so I just have a weird gut feeling that they're just going to sit there. There's going to be, you know, five that go in the top seven, and then they just trade back. And, you know, and it's um, it's kind of a tough thing for for everyone. Last thing I want to ask before I transition to the second part of this, which is more about Drew Locke. Um, our, our friend of the program, uh, James Palmer was on someone else's program. Um, I wish I could remember what it was, but yesterday he said, like, I don't think the Broncos are the best fit for Trey Lance. He's a guy who needs to go and sit somewhere. First of all, I think this idea of quarterbacks sitting is, needs to just die. Um, it never actually happens. Um, like, I guess like Jordan Love is an example of a guy who did, but like, Everyone, every every other team, if you don't have a solidified starter and you bring this guy in, he's starting after the bye week, like almost last last case scenario. There's also some crazy stat. And now I heard it one year ago, so maybe it changed last year. But in the past 10 years or five years or something, there hasn't been a successful quarterback that has sat more than eight games to start his career and then gone on oh. to be a success outside of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, so and everyone he, wants to bring he, up Mahomes. He's the only like, one. You can't comp to Mahomes ever. Um, but it's fair to say he was one of the guys. The difference is Alex Smith was like an MVP candidate 
um, mm-hmm. the year that before they drafted him. So um, you got to have that level of quarterback for this to work. Um, the Broncos obviously don't, and most teams don't that are drafting quarterbacks, unless there's something with age or like an Alex Smith situation where they just kind of had an internal feeling. This guy's good. He's not quite good enough. Um, it just doesn't, I, I just think it's time to put that to bed. Like if you're drafting a quarterback in the top 10, there's a 95% chance he's playing in year one. And maybe that's too low. Um, and, even and Patrick on, Mahomes played in year one. It was just in week 17. Right. right. And on top of that, not only was Alex Smith balling when they had him, they, they were also uh, a team that would, had a bye week. You know, they were a very, very good team. The Broncos aren't there right now, Ryan. They, they, they're certainly not. And it is, like I said, I think earlier this week on this podcast, it, the fit, the organizational fit for Trey Lance doesn't isn't perfect. So I agree with James Palmer there. But do you care about fit or do you care about getting the best quarterback available to you? To me, it is so easy. You get the best quarterback available. And then, heck, Ryan, on day three of the draft, if you really think you need someone to start ahead of Trey Lance and you don't want it to be Drew Locke, you want it to be a veteran, well, then go trade a fourth or fifth round pick for Teddy Bridgewater. Pay him $18 million this year. Suck it up. Put that investment in Trey Lance. And then you know trade Drew for a fourth round pick or something like that. If you're really concerned about fit, because doing those moves would make it seem like a better fit for Trey Lance. Then you do that for for a guy that you can think that you think can be your franchise quarterback. Yeah, um, I just, anyways, that wasn't the main question I had there. My question was, um, do you personally think that Trey Lance needs to sit a year? Because I don't. It's it, it's one of the main takeaways I have from when I watch Trey Lance tape is. I get that the jump in competition is absurd to go uh, from FCS football to the NFL. And there's going to be a big transition period there. But I just don't look at him and say, like, oh, this is a guy who needs a lot of work with an NFL coach before he's ready to play in the league. Um, I think he can go in. There's definitely, like I said, the speed of the game is going to be a huge transition for him. How else is he going to transition other than just seeing it with his own eyes. I don't look at him as like a guy who has like, oh, he's got mechanical issues and this and that and the other thing. And, you know, he doesn't um, – he he's not comfortable under center. Like none of those things um, really scare me. So I don't think he is a guy that has to wait. I really do think you can draft him and put him in week one. Point one that at high school and college, which is like a fourth of what Trevor Lawrence has had, and say, well, he can't start. Well – that, not necessarily. I mean, it 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 certainly needs more experience. You you can agree with that, but that doesn't mean that he can't start right away, Ryan. So I, I'm with you. What tools does he not have that would make him not be able to start? There's nothing, in my opinion, literally nothing. In fact, the biggest hurdle for guys coming out of college, regardless of what level, is is the mental aspect. And from everything we've heard, Trey Lance has that with flying colors and, and can pick things up extremely quick. And he also comes from the best small school program to transition to the NFL. Maybe it's not the best in the country, but in terms of small schools, it's the best. It's the most pro-ready, so he would be ready to take off. Carson Wentz didn't have that much of an issue. Did he have 
have rookie struggles? Sure, a, a, a tiny bit, but not like crazy rookie struggles. So uh, that is not something that I would be concerned with. I think it's a really good point, Ryan, that Trey Lance certainly wouldn't need to sit two years because if you do that, then you're pretty much saying that he's just not the guy, like like Paxton Lynch kind of. If you're not anointing him the guy at the second year, then you're saying uh, he he just doesn't have it. Look, the, the Chiefs had Alex Smith playing at a really high level and they said, nope, we're still going to take this second year quarterback because we know he has it. And uh, even sitting one year, if you don't have an Alex Smith ahead of him, it's not going to happen. He's going to play. Yeah, exactly. And, and Carson Wentz is, is a good one to look at now. You know, he fell off the face of the earth and everyone, you know, just talks about how much he sucks now. But if you look back, um, his rookie season, he played well, you know, well enough that people in Philadelphia were all about him. They loved him. Um, and I think they either went eight and eight or seven and nine. Um, maybe Allie can help us with that one. But they had a decent season. And then he comes out the next year and is an MVP candidate until he gets hurt. And, and the reason I bring that up is because there's just no way he would have played that well in year two if he didn't play in year one. Uh, there would have been, you know, a, a transition period. So that's why to me it's like, look, you invest in this guy. Um, you believe in him. You better go get him ready unless you're worried about his mental makeup getting, you know, jarred by the NFL level, in which case don't draft him in the top 10 <laughs> because, uh, you know, if you can get jo- if you can get put, you know, knocked around by the NFL, by the NFL and the transition is going to hurt you mentally, um, it will eventually, uh, you know, the NFL is a, is a, uh, cruel beast. So that's my take on that. Okay. Let's transition here. Really, really, Brian. Oh, go ahead. Allie coming in with the, with the good information that he went seven and nine in his rookie year. And okay. so, yeah. That that is pretty darn good coming from North Dakota State. You'd take Ryan, would you take that right now? And let's say it's a eight and nine record for the Broncos under Trey Lance. Trey Lance plays his rookie season. Bro, I hate the 17 game record so much. <laughs> um would I take that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I I would too. You're heading in the right direction as a team and with a young quarterback. Yeah, I mean it's a tough pill to swallow for the fans, especially because you see, um, you know, all the moves the Broncos made in free agency. And those were exciting moves. Those were, those were winning moves that they made. And so it'd be tough to still have a losing record, I think for people. But if Trey Lance delivers you eight wins, you know, just separating that, you're going to feel good about the way things are are headed moving forward. We've got another super chat here from Andrew Romero. He says, you guys going to have the great, draft coverage again this year i'll be driving and need some mobile coverage great jobs got oh oh yeah oh yeah we uh are gonna have an even better show for you this year than we had last year um live for live at some points during all three days of the draft live for the entirety of the first day most of the second day um we're going to have all sorts of guests all sorts of exciting things going on, games that we're going to play, uh, and of course, instant analysis from both of us, from our draft guys, Andre and Henry, from Mace, of course. Uh, so make sure you you put that down on your schedule. DNVR Draft Day Live going to go crazy. And Ryan, isn't it true that starting Sunday, you're going mute from Sunday until Thursday so that your voice can be prepared for like 100 hours of talking that you're going to do during draft coverage? 
You know, I already did. Do, I read that company memo right? I already do three podcasts a day at the least on most <laughs> days. Um, so I think my voice can handle it. I've been training for this uh, nonstop. I might not have a voice on Sunday though, um, just because the DNVR golf tournament is on Saturday, and that's going to be uh, a little bit wild. Like I, <laughs> well, you're you're on the course. Isn't it supposed to be quiet? Mm, this isn't going to be that kind of tournament. <laughs> uh like ali just brought up if you're enjoying the show hit us with a like hit us with a subscribe you could sign up for alerts anytime we go live we appreciate that of course okay drew lock let's say the broncos don't draft a quarterback they don't draft trey lance it doesn't all fall for them it doesn't work out for them and they trade back at that point it it becomes a very real possibility that the Broncos roll into this year with a quarterback room, or they roll into training camp with a quarterback room of Drew Locke, Jeff Driscoll, and Brett Rippon. That is going to be a weird pill to swallow for Broncos fans, I think. Yes, it's going to be very, very weird. And you'd think that there would have to be some changes made. But Ryan, at this point, there's no easy signing Alex Smith to kind of plug up a hole and say, look, we have competition. Alex Smith's off the table. Nick Mullins? Is that really competition that you're going to sign or someone like that? I don't really think so in terms of true competition. So you're absolutely right. Unless there's a trade for Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew, it could very much be Drew Locke is plan A. And then, yeah, we have a backup plan, you know, and that that's what it's going to be. And if that's the case, what can Drew do to earn back the 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 fan base right now because it is very very split and Ryan even people that that defend Drew I would say there's you know a very small um section of of Broncos country that says roll with Drew no matter what don't worry about it. I think there there's a large portion like you and and I I can be there as well that says you know what get a quarterback if you can but if not Drew, give him one more year, see what he can do. And then there's a large section of the fan base that says, no, Drew's done. You got to move on. You have to do whatever to draft a quarterback. Yes. Um, that is that is where I have a really hard time imagining this scenario playing out in a positive way. The people who are anti-Drew Locke are so dug in that he's going to have to go above and beyond to win them back over. And I'm talking like, playing at a Pro Bowl level. Now, again, mm -hmm. his job is not to win over the fans. His job is to win over the coaches and, you know, the front office. But it's just going to create – it's going to be a weird dynamic um, because, like I said, people are really dug in on this. Like, they've gone from – we're excited for Drew Locke at the, before last season to, like, we hate Drew Locke um, at this point. And, and, yeah, that's not everyone, but it's certainly – a large section of the fan base. Um, and so I think it really comes down to win, wins and losses, which it always does. But I think to get that group back, he's really going to have to go above and beyond and play great. And I think he's capable of that. Um, you know, to me, it's go out, get the Broncos off to a good start. That's going to be really important. Um, mm -hmm. Anything less than, you know, three and one, in the first four, two and two is like tolerable. Anything less than that, it's going to be pitchforks outside of the stadium. Uh, so it's get them off to a good start. Eliminate some of the silly turnovers 
Um, don't be putting the ball in harm's way a lot. All of that stuff. That is going to be huge. But the start of the season, Zach, is so, so important. You've got to get some early wins to just get people to calm down a little. Yeah, you're 100% right. What did Drew do when he won most of Broncos country over his rookie year? He went 4-1, and one, Ryan. And now we do remember the seven touchdowns, three interceptions, but he went 4-1. and one. That That's what it was, right? If you were going to point to one thing about why you had confidence in Drew Locke last year, well, it's because he went 4-1 and one on a team that was simply not winning with Joe Flacco, not winning uh, with, with what was going on that season. Drew came in and was a winner. So 4-1 and one start? Holy cow. Yeah. Fan base would, would buy in a lot more than they are now. And Ryan, let me throw some numbers your way. If Drew did this throughout the entire season this year, these are going to be rough numbers based on a quarterback from last year, 26 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That sounds pretty darn good, but 56 quarterback rating. So totally fine. And 90 passer rating, not mind-blowing, world-shattering in any ways, and a 65% completion. Would you take that? You're telling me about Gardner Minshew, yeah? No. Oh, no. okay. Who is it? I, I, I'm telling you about Joe Burrow, former number um, one overall pick. Now, what, what I had to do with his numbers, because he only played about half the season, I pretty much doubled random. him. He had 13 touchdowns, five interceptions. So that that's what I did there, and... Uh, you love the 13 touchdowns to five interceptions, or do you? I mean, almost three to one. Yeah, I mean, you love the TD to INT ratio. Uh, you love the completion percentage. Um, it's it's interesting that the other numbers didn't follow suit. I wonder why. Yeah. Um, just the QBR and the uh, and the passer rating, but both of those are acceptable at the least. Um, the difference is, you know, Joe Burrow was a rookie number one overall pick, and so everything he does is going to be seen through a certain scope. Um, and everything Drew Locke does now will be seen through a different scope. But those numbers would certainly get people excited. What were Gardner's numbers last year? Okay, so he played exactly half the season. So you could you could double them. So if you doubled them, if he played the whole season, 32 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, outplayed Joe Burrow in terms of those numbers. Uh, 51.7 QBR, so a little lower than Joe's Bur Joe Burrow's, and 96 passer rating, higher than Joe Burrow's. So, and Ryan, completion that's, percentage? Just, that's just crazy how we talk about Joe Burrow and Gardner Minshew. Completion percentage, 66.1. So better than Joe Burrow. This is exactly what I'm saying about um, perspective and, you know, the lens that you're viewing it through. Joe Burrow does that as a rookie. That's great. He's amazing. Yep. Next big thing. Gardner Minshew does that as a third year player. Um, yep. Or is it just second? No, that's just his second year, isn't it? You're right. You're right. Yeah. He does that as a second year player who wasn't drafted very high. And it's, you know, it's, all we're doing is highlighting the things he can't do. Uh, my, meanwhile, he's in Jacksonville. This is why I can't, you know, I I always come back to Minshew a little bit when we're having these conversations. It's like you could trade for him. Um, but let's be honest. If Drew Locke puts those numbers up, either one of those, the Broncos will be winning football games. And yeah. the fan base will slowly but surely come around. So that is not, you know... It is not a crazy bar when you when you talk about a three to one TD to INT. That is a crazy bar, but it's funny just to say like if he could just be Gardner Minshew, people will be happy. I think 
for the most part, people will, especially because, you know, some of the knocks on Minshew, oh, it doesn't have a big arm. Well, Drew does have a big arm. Um, right. You know, so it really does come down to winning. But I think if he does put up two to one touchdown to interception, that that will come, that will happen. You know, now someone in the comments here, uh, Fallen Angel says, guys, if Locke plays average, we'll win our division. <laughs> I, I, I disagree with that. But. I think if, I think plays, if Locke plays average, the Broncos will be competing for the playoffs via a wild card spot. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's okay. Like again, that's good enough. I think. I think if if the Broncos have a winning record um, and are competing for a playoff spot, the outlook for Drew Locke will change dramatically. And so, Ryan, we we like QBR the best. Is that right? More than more than passer rating to get kind of an easy stat. Yeah, I mean they both have their flaws, but. So here's who was right around average as a quarterback last year, Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan. No, neither of those guys now are MVP guys. Of course, they're, they're big-time veterans. Teddy Bridgewater also right around there. If Drew Locke plays to that level, I mean, we're talking about guys that two of them at least are franchise quarterbacks. So people wouldn't be blown away, and I don't think people would be saying that, you know, he's the next Patrick Mahomes. But also you have to realize the jump that he would have taken from year two to year three for Drew Locke to go from, you know, the 30th best quarterback in many statistical categories to 15 to average. That would be huge, not just for Drew, but I think this team would absolutely be a winning team, probably a double digit uh, win team this year. And then also you would have to, you would have to be excited about where he could go again. Maybe you don't think he goes from 15 to one the following year, but Ryan, if he goes from 15 to 10 the next year and then 10 to eight, and he kind of averages out right around there, you know, doesn't keep climbing. You're talking about top 10 quarterback. Yeah, you, you'll take that. Yeah. And again, I really don't think it's crazy to believe that Drew Locke can make that sort of jump. Now, you know, going from where he is now to a top 10 quarterback in the league is harder to see right now. But for him to become an average quarterback next year is not crazy to me. What is funny, though, is we would probably be sitting right here 365 days from now having the same conversation. Um, getting just back to average probably isn't good enough to quiet people down about wanting the Broncos to get a quarterback. We've got people in the comments talking about uh, Aaron Rodgers next year. What if Deshaun Watson you know, gets cleared? Um, there's All these conversations will not go away if Drew is just average. And that makes this even tougher because there's going to be more pressure on him to be better than average this year. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And I think what changes about this conversation is we're not talking about drafting quarterbacks next year because if Drew plays average, his team's going to win 10 games at least. They're going to be picking 20th. It's too going to be too hard, especially with George Payton, Payton's philosophy of building draft capital, not giving it away. So it's going to be too hard to move up to get a quarterback next year. So what we're talking about is those two guys you mentioned, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, who's another vet that become could become available. Maybe Ben Roethlisberger decides my time in Pittsburgh's done, but I still want to play. And th those are the upgrades that we're talking about. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't want to be there. I want certainty. So whether the Broncos go and get a quarterback in this draft or Drew Locke goes and proves everyone wrong, which would be awesome. You know, someone up here said, I'm not anti-Locke. I'm pro-Broncos championship. Well, in that case, then you are very pro-Drew Locke working out because, the like we always say, the best case scenario is for the, for the Broncos to already have their franchise quarterback in the building, not have to give up anything to get him. Um, so 
again, so Ryan, everyone let needs me, certainty. So let me run a few numbers by you uh, of players from last year and tell me if that would be certainty, not just this middling average. Tell me if this is what would do it. 67% completion. Um, a 71 QBR, 101 passer rating, 27 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Yeah, that gets it done. That's, that's Derek Drew Carr Lock. last year. Yeah, that's Drew Locke, quarterback of the future. And, Der- and Derek Carr yeah. was like amazing for the first half of the season and not very good for the second half of the season. So if that was to happen, eh, it would be a, a messy situation. But just the numbers, <laughs> if that's like consistent for Drew, right. he's back. Okay, now one more guy. We'll go 66.6% completion, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, uh, 98 passer rating, and a 69. Nice QBR. Yeah. Yeah, yep. that's that's Justin Herbert. And obviously he had a tremendous, you know, the best rookie season that a quarterback has ever had. But Ryan, in terms of QBR, he was only the 13th best. So and in Derek Carr, the 11th best. So what we're saying for certainty is just above average, you know, borderline top 10. We're not saying that he has to be the top five quarterback, Ryan. I think you're crazy to expect him to go from the 30th best to the top five. But, but look at where these guys fall. And so that's what certainty would do. Drew, Drew has to play very well. He doesn't have to play out of his mind. No, exactly. Uh, and again, I I have a lot of confidence that he can do that, especially in the first year. It's hard to say this. in the His first time in the second year in a system uh, in the NFL and the first time since the best year of his football career. So I think there's a lot of uh, possibilities there. I mean, a, a second year Jerry Judy, a second year KJ Hamler, a healthy Cortland Sutton, you know, I mean, a, hopefully a better offensive line. There's a lot of exciting things that can get you feeling like Drew Locke could do that. He could produce at a top 15 level, which I think will have the Broncos winning games and we'll have them, we'll have, you know, the fans feeling a lot better. Um, but it all comes down to, our, do the Broncos think that can happen? And if they don't, well, then they might have to get aggressive next week. Yep, exactly. And Ryan, that just, I, I, I've been chomping at the bit to tell you my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week, and it goes to the draft next week. And for all the people in the comment section and people listening, for those of you that want the Broncos to be aggressive and get a quarterback, that's what I'm going to hit on here. Over at DraftKings Sportsbook, like you said, Ryan, they have every single team. You can pick who their first draft pick is going to be. And like you said earlier, Trey Lance is plus 200. So I'm taking that, but I'm also going to pair it with Justin Fields plus 800 because I think if he slides past the 49ers, it looks very juicy for, for that to be the pick for the Broncos. And like like you and the Nagalator said earlier that uh, you corrected me and said Mac Jones is the favorite. So that's good news for this. So you, you put the same money on both of those. You bring uh, Trey Lance's odds down to what? I guess that's plus 100 if, if, if that hits and Justin Fields doesn't hit. But then you get a big time winning if Justin Fields pans out. So I'm going to put a couple of those together and go in on quarterback first round. So if that happens, you're guaranteed to be up at least one unit if one of the two come uh, come around. And yep. if Justin Fields is the guy, then you're rolling in the dough. Yep, you're plus 700 there. Yeah, all right. Uh, mine's a lot more simple. Uh, you don't have to make multiple bets. You don't have to wait until next <laughs> week. 
you just have to bet on what I believe to be the bet, single best bet you can find on DraftKings Sportsbook on any given night. And that is Michael Porter Jr. over two and a half threes at minus 113. I can't believe they're still giving you this kind of value on this. At one point, it was like plus 150, and we were just raking it in, and it slowly moved down. But still, you know, this is a standard bet. Um, with Jamal Murray out especially now, he's a primary scoring option for the Nuggets. He loves shooting threes. Um, I call him MP Clay because I just think he's a 6'11 Clay Thompson. Um, and yeah, so once, you know, he's going to get six up a night and he's going to hit three of them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're you're almost getting even odds there. That does seem like that's going to be a bet where it's, you know, minus 180 in a couple of weeks. Exactly. I mean, he keeps hitting it. It's been on a on an incredible streak. So that's why Man, we call him Money Printer Jr. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I love all of the draft stuff that they have going on at DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm going to get into the NBA after the draft. But Ryan, every time I look at DraftKings Sportsbook, there's pages and pages more of draft odds. And I don't expect that to change over the next week. So make sure to download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get the best sign up bonus out there. And also, guys, if you want to get in on this weekend's action, DraftKings Sportsbook is the official betting partner of USC, UFC, and they're putting you in the center of this weekend's action and giving you 26 to 1 odds on either title contender to reign victorious. So what you have to do is go into DraftKings Sportsbook, pick either main event fighter to win this week's UFC 261 title fight, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 26 to 1 odds. All you have to do is put $5 on either fighter to win, and if they win, well, boom, you will get 26 to 1 odds on that $5. And of course, you can bet on basketball tonight. You can bet on hockey. My favorite thing about DraftKings isn't just how much they have to offer, but it's their daily odds boost that you get one every single day. And it's just incredible how you turn a minus 180 bet, which MP Clay may turn into, to they'll just boost it up to plus 200 and you you get the same exact line. So I absolutely love that feature on DraftKings. So make sure to head to the app store now, download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $5 into $130 in free bets if the title contender of your choice wins. Watch, place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code DNVR to turn $5 into $130 in free bets at only at DraftKings Sportsbook. For a limited time only, must be 21 or older gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details and if you want uh more winning bets make sure you tune in at four o'clock to dnvr bets daily where we hand out winners currently at a 65 percent clip uh which <laughs> is pretty solid um, i'll take that passer that uh, completion percentage and that bet hit yeah if you're hitting bets you know they say if you can hit 56 percent, you can quit your day job well we're hitting 65 uh, <laughs> don't so, leave us ryan uh, so i'm out uh but yeah check us out uh four o'clock dnvr bets daily or check out the rest of this podcast anywhere you download podcasts we'll get into all the questions from dnvr members um, but if you tuned into this we appreciate you hit us with a like on your way out and we will talk to you guys later all right before we move on i want to let you guys know about the perks of becoming a member at dnvr there's a lot of them one of course you get your comments read on this section of the podcast i uh, will always answer your questions 
On top of that, you're going to get a free shirt from the DNVR locker, which you're going to love. When you come down to the DNVR bar, you get a member size beer, which just makes you feel a lot cooler in life. Uh, and there's also going to be weekly member specials soon uh, at the bar, but there's also your members deal of the week, which will hit your email inbox uh, and give you a, a different deal on merch or different things uh, each and every week. There's something new all the time that we're adding, like the DNVR lounge where you can interact with other members, talk Bronco, stay away from the politics and all that other garbage that you find on social media. Uh, it's really an endless supply of benefits when you become a member of DNVR. So we'd love to have you and we'd love to read your questions on this part of the podcast. Ryan, I so desperately want it to be strawberry sky season and Colorado's just saying, nope, 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 nope. We're going to keep it avalanche amber season right now. And that is what the weather we're getting. But the great thing is for me, it's always strawberry sky season. I can always go for a light beer. But man, on a day like today, you can also reach for the avalanche amber ale. The uh, the hop peak is a great one today as well. Really, any Breckenridge brew is great for any day. And I cannot wait for the summer when it's just going to be crushing, crushing seltzer season. And that is what DraftKings is now killing. They're killing the seltzer game. And Ryan, it was funny yesterday in our uh, company chat, uh, Lindsay, our director of sales, who also, you know, keeps everything together with the bar. She said, uh, she said, okay, well, what are the top three flavors that we absolutely need to have at the bar of Breck seltzers? And we got every answer. Every, everyone was saying, you know, we need all of them there. And she's like, don't worry, don't worry. We're going to have all of them there. I just need to know what we think the three most popular ones are. And everyone's saying every single flavor for me, you know, I, I, you got to have the honeydew, but of course you also have to have peach because that one's just so good. And you can't forget cherry and then apple pear. You got two flavors in one and then berries just a class. I mean, I, you can make an argument for all of them. That's how good they are. And of course they are good company seltzers. And that is what you need to get in on. Make sure to check them out anywhere you are, including the DNVR bar. We've got everything that you could ever want in terms of uh, Breck brews. They're the best beer out there. They're also the official beer of DNVR, which makes it the official beer of just Denver sports. So make sure to check out Breck beer wherever you are. Amen, Zach. Amen. All right, let's get into the comments from the listeners here. And the first one comes in from Tommy Bronco. Gents, draft day is getting closer and I'm getting so hyped. Now, what would be the best move, worst move, and meh move that George Payton could do come draft day? As always, cheers, Tommy Bronco. Worst move is for the Broncos to trade back when a quarterback is on the board. One of the top four quarterbacks in their mind, so not including Mac Jones. That is the absolute worst move to pass up on Trey Lance or Justin Fields in a trade back scenario. Let uh, another team get one of those guys and, and, and fly off with them. That would be the worst move. Ryan, what do you think? Oh, man. Worst move for me would be drafting um, a defensive player at number nine. Um, now, again, you could end up with a really good player. You could end up with a really good player. But to me, you can end up with a really good defensive player at, at, at 16, at 20. Um, so I think that I'd rather get the additional capital uh, and take one of those guys later. Yeah. And that's my meh move is getting one of those guys there because you're getting a great player, but it's not the best value. So meh to me. And then what, what, what's your meh move? 
Um, meh would be, I guess, drafting a tackle. Yeah, yeah, Slater. that's fair. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to hate on that too much. It's just like, okay. Like, that's what I would say. Okay. Right. right. That's what I'll say on the draft pod. Or There's on nothing. the DMVR draft. <laughs> All right. There's nothing sexy about it. And so yeah. it's an okay move. Yeah. And the best move to me, I mean, the, the best thing that can happen is you get a quarterback at nine. You gamble a lot, though. So I, it's even a good move if they trade up. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the best move is, in my mind, is just trading up to number four and, and getting Trey Lance. Uh, I just don't want to think about how they weren't in love enough to trade up. Now, again, there's always the part that you could spin it to yourself and just say, oh, their draft intel was just so good. They knew he would be there at nine. And I hope that's how they spin it. Because if they say, like, man, we were sitting there just crossing our fingers, hoping he was there at nine, I'm like, okay, so you didn't love him. Because if you loved him, you would have gone and gotten him. Uh, But that's, I mean, it's kind of a silly thing. It's, you know, I think there was like a huge like DMAC rant about how like how they didn't believe in Drew Locke they didn't draft him in the first round or something along those lines and everyone hated it. And this kind of falls into that category. So I understand if someone hates that take. It's just like a personal thing where I'm just like, man, I want I want to want I want them to want this guy so bad that they can't imagine life without him. They're willing to do anything to make sure that nothing can get between them and Trey Lance. Yeah, and I, and I would love that. That would show 100% commitment and dedication to him. It, it would be the opposite of picking Paxton Lynch in the 20s, which is just not a commitment to a quarterback. Next one next one coming in from Count Locula. I'm obsessed with Pleasure Horse. That is all. Love the Count. Oh, I, I got to say, every time I'm putting the pod together, Ryan, I have to listen to both songs, the intro and the outro in its entirety. It takes me, you know, three, four extra minutes to put together the pod, but I just have to. They're, they're such great jams. They really are. And uh, our guys at Pleasure Horse coming out with a new uh, new record here soon. So keep an eye out. I can't freaking wait. Maybe I have to get myself a vinyl if they're going to do that. Yeah. Next one coming in from maybe the dingo H.O. baby. Somewhat shocked that Mace isn't aware of the reasons Coors was so coveted and smoky in the bandit. The high alcohol content in the beer is actually the reason. As I know all too well as a resident of North Carolina, the percentage is or was limited to about 5%. But Colorado beer comes in an, at an alcohol content closer to wine in my state. Now onto the Broncos. But what, what I'll tell you about that is Coors is definitely, you know, the four or 5% there. If you want yeah. the high percentages, you can grab that and some Breck brews. Yeah, I'm confused by that. Colorado beer comes in an alcohol content closer to wine. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they're sending some different cores out there. <laughs> well, he, seriously, he says now on to the Broncos. The Broncos' current roster construction feels like it's a quarterback away from being in the conversation. The windows in the NFL are very, very brief, and it would be a shame to waste such a talented roster on missing the developmental peak. What developments have come forward in the Deshaun Watson accusations, and is it an avenue the Broncos could still pursue? No. Um, definitely not right now. Um, now maybe a year from now, there's something that's come out. There's been due process and whatever. And, and you know, his name is cleared. I, I gotta be honest, just reading the tea leaves. It sure doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Um, so uh, no, to answer your question, Deshaun Watson is not an option. 
it's kind of like I said yesterday on the pod, Ryan, you can't be planning on Deshaun Watson to be your quarterback of the future or Aaron Rodgers or, you know, any other veteran court. If that's your plan, that's a failing plan because that's, you know, you're hoping and hope is not a plan. So if one of those guys falls into your lap, just like Peyton Manning did, that's great. But the Broncos for a year leading up before they got Peyton weren't saying, you know what? Our plan is to get Peyton Manning next year. No, he fell into their lap and that was fantastic. When a guy like Peyton or Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson falls in your lap, you change your plans right there if you don't have the guy at quarterback, but you can't plan on that now. Yeah. Is that a line from a movie you said there? Hope is not a plan. <laughs> I think so. I think so. And that, that's one that we couldn't get right on this pod. Isn't it something like that? I don't think it's that, but I think it's no, like from Star Wars or something. Yeah, right? you're thinking of like rebellions are built oh, yeah. on hope. But <laughs> right. I, I like hope is not a plan. I like that. <laughs> File that away. It's very true. Uh, just in the same way that if you're, you know, if the Broncos are just hoping Drew Locke is going to work out, that's not a plan either. They need to be confident in whatever they do. They need to they need to believe in Drew Locke. They need to invest in Drew Locke, you know, not necessarily monetarily, but if you're just hoping, it's not a plan. And that's why I really wish George Payton, if they're really going to roll with Drew and a, a true backup, whether it's Jeff Driscoll or just another true backup, I really wish George Payton wouldn't have said we're, we're going to bring in competition. I just would, wish he would have said uh, and left it off with, you know, we like what Drew's doing. We like where he's going because then you're just not 100% in on Drew. And no, I don't think anyone blames him for not being 100% on Drew, but I just wish they wouldn't have publicly put that out there. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, maybe the competition is going to be like a seventh round draft pick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and that just shows how confident they are in Drew. Right. From D Bronk, if you're the GM of the Lions on the Panthers, which trade pack- package would be more enticing to you guys? Picks number nine and number 71, or a 2021 first round pick in the 15 to 20 range, plus a first- future first rounder unless they desperately want a guy like sewer or slater i find it unlikely that denver's package could beat out two number one picks so do you think denver should be aggressive about trading up to number four i actually agree with this and and it's the same reason why we're not excited about the broncos potentially staying at nine unless there's a a wide receiver still there um, which there should be you should have one of smith waddle or chase available at nine that's probably the one that you would be saying hey we, we we need to go get that guy um, if you're trying to trade, if you're trying to trade with the Broncos, other than that, I think I'd rather take, you know, number 20 in a first future first, if I'm uh, the Lions or the Panthers. Yeah, I, I completely agree, especially if we're talking about them trading uh, with the Bears uh, or Washington, those teams may have pretty good draft picks next year. And if you get their first round pick, you're feeling good about that. Very true. Next one coming in from Casper. Fellas, in 2019, the Raiders selected Cleland Farrell fourth overall in a move that shocked everyone. With that said, what are your predictions of a team picking top 10 that could select a guy that nobody is expecting and completely turn the first round on its head? Man, I have I don't know if there is one this year. It just feels so clear what, what's going to happen in like the top six picks. It does. And so here are some things that I absolutely don't think are going to happen, but that would turn the draft on its head is if quarterbacks don't go one, two, three, there's some other player thrown in there, which isn't going to happen, but that would turn the draft on its head. Um, And then boy, if a defensive player is picked in the top six, that that would be the curveball that could let one other offensive player fall. But who, what team would that be? Like the, the Falcons selecting Micah Parsons? 
Yeah, I, it, it can't be Cincinnati, right? I mean, they just seem so locked in on tackle or wide receiver. What if it's the Dolphins and you get Brian Flores, the best defensive player in the draft, a defensive guy? I, I don't think that will happen. I'm just trying to think of some oddball scenarios. It's Yeah, I mean, there, it's always possible. And like like Casper kind of points out here, every year there's something. I mean, last year we didn't expect, uh, was it C.J. Henderson to go to the Jags? And yeah. that kind of opened the door for the Broncos to get Jerry Judy. So, How about this one? I have another one. What if three tackles go before the Broncos? You have the Bengals go with Penny. Then you have the Dolphins or um or the Detroit Lions go with uh Slater and then you have what the third guy off the board at eight to the Panthers Uh, I mean that would be incredible for the Broncos (laughs) yes it would be yeah I mean there's possibilities I just I don't know I think this year it might be the most chalky top eight picks we've ever seen um just because unless there's trade-ups then you know things will get messy but even then will know that the trade-ups are for quarterbacks. Right. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Before we go any further, guys, got to tell you about our friends over at Gabby Insurance. And when it comes to home and car insurance, we all deserve better. And at Gabby, it literally stands for get a better insurance. And it should have like some extra letters on that because you get a better insurance fast, quick, and there's no risk to doing it. Now, that's probably not as sexy of a name to put all of those together. So I like that they just called it Gabby. But with Gabby Insurance, what you get is you go to Gabby.com slash DNVR. You sign up. It takes you like five or 10 minutes to put all of your information in that you can know off the top of your head. And once you do that, they pull top insurance quotes from over 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers, and you save money because of it. So it literally takes five minutes. Do it right now, and you'll be done before this pod is over. Go to Gabby.com slash DNVR. And we've all done it. Saved me money. Saved Drew Creaseman, AJ, Lindsay, hundreds of dollars on their yearly rates. And Eric Weedham, it saved him $1,300. $1,300 per year is what he said. That's over $100 a month. That is incredible. So make sure to check him out over at Gabby.com slash DNVR. Yes, uh, I'm one of the few that hasn't uh, seen the benefits of that. It's because I don't uh, have a car. <laughs> yeah, I guess you have to have a car to, to have car insurance. Yeah, well, actually, someone was trying to convince me that that's not true, but it, it didn't work. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyways. Um, scooter insurance? <laughs> I, yeah, I get some scooter insurance. Maybe Gabby can help me out with that. Um, also, uh, if you want to be insured that you have a good time on your scooter, you could go over to our friends at Solace Meds, new partner. Uh, they've got a location right down the street from the bar. They've got one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, and one off of Broadway. Uh, and they are currently giving away a trip to Jamaica. No BS. Head into one of their six locations. Two of them are in Oklahoma City. And sign up to win a trip to Jamaica. They'll give you all the details on how to enter. Or you can visit www.solacemeds.com sweepstakes to find out the rules. Or again, just head into any location and ask one of their bud tenders how you can enter to win. Solace Meds makes your cannabis shopping experience a delight. So just head to solacemeds.com and purchase from there. The Jamaica trip is a seven-night, all-inclusive trip to paradise. And Solace Meds is located, like I said, just blocks away from the DNVR bar. And, of course, you got to have the magical code DNVR20. You can save 20% off your entire purchase. Again, for that Jamaica trip, there's no purchase necessary. Open, open to legal residents of Colorado 21 or older or Oklahoma 18 or older uh, ends 
43021. Official rules at solidsmeds.com slash sweepstakes. Void where prohibited. Ryan, let's say, not not you personally, but let's say you're over at the DNVR bar and you take a scooter down to Illegal Pete's on Colfax because you have a date. Well, one thing you don't want is you don't want to be sweaty anywhere. And our friends over at Manscaped can help make sure that you are ready to go. No matter what the conditions are, guys, look no further than the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant, which ensures that you'll be clean and ready to go any time of the day. Also, the Crop Reviver, a little spray-on toner for what's going on below the belt. And of course, just why don't you get both of those, including the Lawnmower 3.0, which is the best shaving tool that you'll find anywhere specifically for below the belt and guys the lawnmower 3.0 has advanced skin safe technology so you'll never get nicked you'll never get any cuts and it also has an led light to make sure that you can see everything that's going on down there and it's waterproof so if you want to do it in the shower well you are perfectly fine there and why don't you get all of those in the perfect package 3.0 guys that's what they're offering over at manscaped and also they're offering you 20 percent off and free shipping if you use the code DNVR. So make sure to check out Manscaped, whether you want the perfect package 3.0, whether you want the crop reviver, whether you want anything that they have to offer, make sure to use that code DNVR for 20% off over at manscaped.com. All right, next one here is from Pig Tosser 66 says, guys, your off-season grade thus far is an A+. Always on point with the relevant topics and the perfect amount of information and opinion. There's nothing else even remotely close to competing. Thanks, dude. He says, I'm bummed I'm out here in Cali and can't hit the golf tourney or swing by the bar for an Avs game, but you better believe 2239 East Colfax Avenue is one of my first stops this fall when I'm in town for a game. That's all I got. Just wanted to give you guys a little appreciation comment today. Thanks, fellas. Oh, love you, Pig Tosser. Thank you. Just made my day again right there. And Ryan, it sounds like Pig Tosser won't even need to put the bar's address in his phone. He'll just have directions straight from DIA, which I love. Yeah, it's pretty simple, dude. You just take uh, I-70 to York, get off on the York exit, and you take York right to the bar. Boom. There you go. I was actually thinking, I guess there's two ways to do it. Yours is probably even more direct. I was thinking you go I-70, 225, get off Colfax exit, and then just shoot down Colfax. But yours is that Colfax drive can be pretty slow. So yours is probably yours is probably best. Yeah, I think yeah, it depends on the traffic on uh, on I-70 at the time, I guess. <laughs> no, right. Traffic is a thing that we have to deal with now. Um, which has made, you know, like living uh, so close to the bar was already an incredible benefit, but I, I hadn't even remembered that I was like avoiding dealing with traffic all the time. I haven't sat in traffic in, I don't know, months. Um, and There's I still no don't have traffic to. on Colfax, you know, yeah, <laughs> you, you might run into some things, but <laughs> traffic is not one of them. You just got to make sure no needles get in your, uh, your scooter tires, right? As, yeah. <laughs> Next one coming in from Drew for QB. Who do you guys think is a Bronco that's been sort of forgotten? My choice would be Eric Decker and honestly, Wes Welker. I feel like people often don't give him the respect they deserve for just being great Broncos. Who do you think would be your choice? <laughs> um, Great. I don't know. The Broncos fan base is so diehard that I don't know if anyone gets underappreciated. Um, I'll go Eric with someone... Yeah, you go, Ryan. I was just going to say, Eric Decker is a guy who fans like really wanted to love, especially because he was a stud, but he kept doing boneheaded things. <laughs> um, and so it made him like slightly less lovable. I think Wes Welker is extremely appreciated um, for being part of, you know, the best offense of all time. So I don't know. Do you have one? 
I'm going to go with a guy that probably doesn't deserve that much credit, but a guy that I just always love the potential of, and that's Tony Scheffler. Uh, You know, he came in Brandon Marshall and, you know, he did put up some really good seasons. He had 550 yards one year, 645 the next year. Uh, And I just thought that he was just going to be this stud for the Broncos for a long time. And then it just really fizzled out and he only lasted four years in Denver, but he, he wasn't a great Bronco by any means, but definitely a good Bronco. Maybe Danny Trevathan for me, but again, I think like I think Broncos fans have appreciated him pretty well. Yeah, um, Todd Davis I think was better than he got credit for, but mm, you know he one. was a flawed player for sure. So right, right, yeah, that that's a good one. Next one coming in from Dan Burke. Hey guys, I'm sure y'all are gonna drag the Raiders for their tweet last night, but if you haven't, then feel free to do so when you read this. Uh, it was bad, uh, bad. <sighs> I mean. It's an incredible L on their part in the first place. And then to for Mark Davis to come out and say, like, we're not deleting it. Sorry if we offended anyone. It's just like, what are you doing? Like, why are just, you insisting on holding this L as long as possible? Is it still up there? I mean, are they standing by that? They're not deleting it, dude. I have no idea why. That is just it, – it's so weird because he admitted – a mistake and admitted not knowing, you know, what, why that came to be. And then uh, just said, yeah, we're not deleting. If you make a mistake, it's, it's okay to admit you made a mistake and then delete the mistake. Yeah. It's so bad. And that came from the very, very top. Yeah. And like, maybe it didn't. And he was just protecting right whoever sent it. And you know, that's respectable from a leadership standpoint, but delete the effing tweet. Yep. Nope. Still up there. Jeez. That is so bad. He goes on and says, and also, pinned. I, and yep, still pinned. I, I can't tell on tweet deck, but it was pinned last night. <laughs> what the hell? I mean, they had to at least unpinned it, right? Let me check. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if, uh, is it still pinned? It is unpinned. They no <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, at least he didn't like quadruple down. He tripled down on it though. I think this has the worst ratio in history. From something coming off in NFL teams, Twitter as well. 31,000 responses. And of um, 78,000 retweets, 70,000 of them are quote tweets. Holy cow. Probably not getting a lot of love in most of those 70,000 quote tweets. If it really was Mark Davis's idea, I just feel really bad for the social media manager who has to sit there and read the mentions. <laughs> yep, seriously. And everyone uh, making jokes that they're going to be fired. Yeah. <laughs> Dan Burke comes in also and says, also, I don't know if you saw Peter Schrager's recent mock, but he said something interesting about the Broncos. He mocked Lance to Denver, but said that the Broncos would look long and hard at Rashawn Slater if he's there. We've touched upon the relationship between George Payton and Pat Fitzgerald a lot, but it's also worth noting that Payton was there in person the day that Slater shut down Chase Young, so you can see why he have such a high opinion on him. Would y'all be on board with Slater at nine, particularly if all the quarterbacks are off the board? And how would y'all fit or and how would he fit into the line for year one um yeah you know you can't be off board with this because if it works out it's a great move right uh it's just one of those things like i said if they do it we'll be on draft day live and i'll go okay all right (laughs) i'll see what you're doing here like good move nice yep um it's just building the trenches yeah exactly you know go ahead go ahead do your thing (laughs) um 
but like even the fact that you have to ask how do you make them fit on the line for year one is what makes it kind of so it's like a tough it's just not exciting i guess um the way you would fit them is probably either put them in a competition with juan james to hopefully get the better out of juan james or figure out a way to get rid of juan james yeah, I, I think at that point, Rashawn Slater's your future. He He's your starter. If Juwan James wants to compete and, you know, be the underdog to overtake him in training camp, fine. Uh, but and, and I'm not cutting Juwan James because he is, uh, we cut, he cost you more to cut him. So if he wants to restructure and then order to be cut, well, okay, we'll, we'll work something out. But uh, Rashawn Slater's your future. He's my starter this year. He would be, it'd be a good pick, just not a sexy one. That's for sure. Hey Duke chimes in and says, gents draft day is drawing closer and the speculation is heating up. Looking forward to the DNVR coverage extravaganza. You guys set a high bar last year. It will be cool to see what you guys have up the sleeves this time around. Oh, it's going to be even better. He goes on and says, I enjoyed orange and blue all over hot take comment yesterday. So I thought I would throw out a few of my own. All right, Ryan, a couple of hot takes after I read them. Tell me if you're on board with them. One, NFL teams are higher than pundits and fans on Mac Jones and lower on Trey Lance. And that includes the Broncos, who seem to have gone out of their way to demonstrate they are out on Jones. Um, I don't think so. But I will say all it takes is one. And if it's the 49ers, then he's a top three pick. Yep, I agree. I don't think the Broncos are, are in on Mac. Two, there is only one draft day trade in the top ten. Man, it's crazy. The the over under on DraftKings is set at I believe six and a half first round trades, and I just can't see it getting anywhere near that. So I'm with you here, but I think there could be two or three in the top ten actually. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's low. I mean, it was so low last year. Man, that's got to be that. That's got to be my DK pick of the week next week. Should have been this week. Is definitely the under on that three. I feel the same Bron- way. Broncos trade nine, 114, and Tim Patrick to Detroit for number seven and 101. Broncos select Mac Jones. Uh-uh. <laughs> Man, I mean, I will, uh, I'll give him a chance. Oh man, that I would love it, but no, I don't think that's going to happen. And four, Trey Lance falls out of the top 10. ESPN's constant camera cuts to visibly uncomfortable Trey Lance, making me want to punch my TV. Yeah, you're all of these takes are kind of related to one, which was uh, everyone's higher on Mac Jones and lower on Trey Lance. I do not know how you could be low on Trey Lance. I just don't. Uh, I mean, again, level of competition is always scary in terms of just how you're going to transition. But like, I just don't think it's, I don't think you can watch Trey Lance film and come away being like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I like that guy. With all of the tools he has, I don't think there's any chance he falls out of the top 10. I really don't. And like you said, Ryan, about Mac Jones, it only takes one. I think there's going to be so many teams that fall in love with the potential of Trey Lance. And five, he comes in and says the Broncos will use two of their first three picks on offense. Okay, I could see that one. I don't even think that's that hot. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy because you're talking about potential running back. I guess you could talk about tight end with a third-round pick, quarterback, obviously, and then offensive tackle, too. I I think that could happen. Yeah, I also, though, could see it the other way around, like three out of the three, out of three on defense. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. I, I certainly could as well go young on the defense for the future. I like that one. Thanks. Hey Duke. Next one from Sebastian Airbay. My boys hope you guys are doing great. My apologies. I haven't commented for a couple of weeks. I've had a crazy couple of weeks, but I just want to leave a quick comment and ask y'all what your favorite TJ Ward moment was. Of course, the legend retired from the NFL today. Thanks for everything guys. Much love Sebastian. Man, my personal favorite is I went out to his golf tournament and whoever was organizing his golf tournament um, forgot to assign him a team, which <laughs> pretty big mistake uh, there. Um, so I was just like hanging out there and I was like, oh, I, I could join you. So I didn't play. I didn't play the whole uh, round with him because eventually they like brought over some friends to be on his team. Um, but I got to play a couple holes with TJ and he was a really cool, like down to earth guy. Um, and then from a football standpoint, man, I mean, he had a pick in the Super Bowl. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty hard to beat. I just love the, uh, the, the tenacity that he brought and it, it was so important to that defense. You had so many pieces on that defense that sometimes TJ Ward uh, and, and his mentality is overlooked a bit, but man, I mean, you, you talk about what a keep to would call dogs in that secondary. You had them at every single level and TJ was one of those guys and then off the field. Ryan uh, was actually the last time we spoke to TJ. It was when uh, Darian Stewart announced his retirement. Was that earlier this year or sometime last year? Uh, I think. And mm -hmm. uh, you had the, the Broncos set up a little zoom for him and uh, you know, all of his teammates started or all the no fly zone chimed in at, at one point. And TJ, <laughs> I guess, doesn't realize that media is on it and just starts cussing up a storm. And, and it's, it's was pretty <laughs> hilarious. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, Akib was a dog for sure, but in terms of intimidation, I don't think anyone uh, intimidated opponents more than TJ Ward on that defense. You, you did not want to go across the middle of the defense with him. No. From VR, though, what are your opinions on the number change rule? I really like it, but I actually hate that linebackers can be numbers one through 19. Something about that just irks me. So is this official yet? <laughs> Do we know? I don't, I don't think so. I haven't seen it. I mean, it's people have certainly been talking about it like it's real. And personally, I absolutely love it. And and I love especially edge guys being small numbers. I love that. I love wide receivers. I love Jerry Judy being able to be number four again. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. Um, you know, people, sometimes even you really, you know, make a mockery of this stuff. I actually truly believe I believe this in my heart of hearts that switching to number four will tangibly help Jerry Judy. <laughs> You're well, I just give him that Alabama swagger again. No, I just, yeah. I, I think it's like a, a fresh start for him. Like, mm. I just think when he, like, when he, when he's able to like take the number 10 Jersey and like put that away and look at the number four Jersey, he's like, this is me. This is Jerry Judy. Like that was some other guy this is the new Jerry. And, and I legitimately believe that that can like mentally help him have a breakthrough next year. Then I'm all for it. If he says, okay, the Alabama Judy is back. I'm all for it. I think you're a little crazy, but, but yeah, I, I love it. One thing I really won't like is seeing small guys in big numbers. I think that is disgusting. That shouldn't be allowed. Um, and so I really hope that doesn't happen. Hey, this is coming from a small guy. You can't be wearing big numbers. Do you want Bradley Chubb to go back to nine? I'd like that. Yeah, I'd like that. And uh, man, I if you could get Vaughn in a single number. digit too, 
I, I know Vaughn won't do that, but oh, that'd be great. I don't, I, I'm actually with the linebackers thing. You know, what, what I will say is I love when guys from college keep their numbers. So when a guy, like if Bradley Chubb came and never changed to 55, I would like it more, but like 55 looks amazing on Bradley Chubb. Um, yeah. So it's going to be weird for me if he changes it for, for the most part, I like the, the change, especially for skill position, offensive players. Like it is so silly that like kickers and punters are wearing the best numbers on the field. <laughs> um, so like give them the crap and give the exciting players the good numbers. <laughs> I agree with that. Next one from Swede. Hey Kings, a scenario I was thinking about today after the news that TJ Ward retired officially was who would win the 2013 Broncos versus the 2015 Broncos. I personally would still put the 2015 Broncos over 2013, mainly for the leadership provided by DeMarcus Ware, Keep to Wade Phillips and Gary Kubiak thoughts. I mean, what doomed the 2013 Broncos? It was a all-time great defense. What do the 2015 Broncos have? An all-time great defense. Um, I have to just go with the evidence that I have in front of me and take 2015. Man, that's really hard to disagree with, especially because the the Super Bowl team that the Broncos beat in 2015 was, you know, the best offense in the league. It had the MVP. I mean, we're talking about Peyton right there in 2013. So yeah, it's impossible to disagree with that. And what was the biggest strength of those Seahawks? It was their secondary, the Legion of Boom. And the one thing that they had that the Broncos didn't really have was like that dominant middle linebacker and Bobby Wagner, but the Broncos had a better pass rush. So it's, it would just, it's tough. It's, it's, you know, I can absolutely see, uh, I think if you played this 10 times, I think it could go five and five, but in a one-off scenario where they have two weeks to prepare, like in a Super Bowl, um, I think that you got to go with the defense. I think what gives what what could make an argument for the 2013 team is if you're saying they're fully healthy, because that was a huge difference between 2013 yes. and 2015 was on both sides of the ball. The the Broncos were diminished in 2013. You give them you you make it so they're full health. OK, now I think they have a chance, whereas the 2015 Broncos, they were incredibly healthy. I mean, barely any injuries. So uh, maybe you give them a few Such injuries a and, and now it's equal. Such a great point. I mean, they go into the Super Bowl with no Derek Wolf, no Von Miller, and no Chris Harris Jr. <laughs> and, and that's just a couple of the guys. That That is brutal. The offensive line was also beat up. Yeah. Great point. Great point, Zach. Next one here from Micah Pexa. I'm born and raised in Hawaii from the Big Island, but currently live on Oahu. So if Tommy Bronco or anyone else is coming out here, feel free to hit me up for some travel advice. And if the timing works out, maybe I could take you on a couple better hikes out here. And he leaves his email address or says uh, search his name on here on Facebook. Uh, hit him up. Love that. Thanks, Micah. That That's hooking up the DNVR fam, especially for uh, anyone moving there. And Ryan, final one coming in from Behan Bronco. My guys, besides potential quarterback, which position do you guys see a rookie starting at this season? Does that depend entirely on how the first round goes? As a follow-up to that green versus red sauce debate, I'm with Ryan. Christmas is the best, but I do prefer green sauce with chicken and red sauce with beef if given the choice. Man, we made it the whole pod without me getting hungry. And <laughs> here we are. I'm, I'm starving now. I had to look outside, Zach. There's a uh, fire truck that parked right in front of my house. I was like, oh, is my house on fire? And I don't yeah, even know. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you okay? Yeah, I think we're good. It looks like it's the, <laughs> the uh, complex next door, but they don't look like they're in too much of a rush. So well, think, that's uh, good. I think everyone's safe, hopefully. 
Boy, you bring um, you bring some you bring some emergency drama around you. I feel like there's always something going on, you know, just outside. Yeah, it does seem that way. It's kind of weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I, I've been craving some great like a Christmas style burrito ever since I said that. Um, there's a place in now. Boulder called Efren's that is so good, and they do that so well. I will I will agree with Beham Bronco. I do think that the green goes better with chicken and the red with beef. Maybe the green's a little lighter, so that kind of works with the chicken and beef a little heavier and, and the, the red sauce is heavier. That's true, but I did have a steak and potato burrito from Legal Pete's yesterday, and they have an option now called um, uh, Colorado style, which is half green chili and half queso on the inside. And it was epic. It was epic. So, so the so it's green, chili, green chili queso went together great. Yeah, oh it's green gosh. chili queso, steak and potatoes, beans and rice, all wrapped up in one gigantic delight. Stop this. You're killing me. You're, <laughs> I just went from not thinking about food to starving. I know. I'm in the exact same <laughs> position. Um, and uh, maybe you'll have some candy to hold you off. But if you do that, you're going to have to go over to our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group afterwards. We've had several listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years and make them their permanent family dentist. And they all have let us know what a great experience they have. And, you know, we say family-owned dentist, but it's really just a family dentistry. Like when you go there, it's a family. The people there remember your name. They send you a card on your birthday. Um, and, you know, they're all diehard Denver sports fans and the family down there. So um, it really is. It is is like one big happy family. So make sure you check out Green Mountain Dental Group if you have any dental needs. And when you schedule a cleaning x-ray exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. So check them out, Green Mountain Dental Group. But for today, that's going to wrap it up for us on the DNVR Broncos podcast. I'm going to go figure out what I'm going to eat. And we will catch you guys tomorrow.
back one last time.